Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Today we've got a crazy nuclear revenge story involving federal agents. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, choosing my path. I very recently did something that I'm really proud of and I would like to share it with the entire world. Before I begin, I just want to tell everyone that the things I did are very questionable and downright toxic. Do not repeat them at any point in time, because the consequences might not turn out the same. I grew up in a fairly normal family, a little too normal if you ask me. My father worked at a blue collar job and we barely saw him except on weekends, and my mother was a housewife that smoked a little too many cigarettes until we were all born, and then she got into substitute teaching as they got older. I have three siblings and all four of us were pretty close in age, with about a year apart, so nobody felt that much older than the other. As the first child, it was my responsibility to take care of my siblings when my parents weren't around, and it felt less like a chore and more like hanging out with my friends. When we started school, we were always just close with each other, inseparable if you will, so making friends came difficult for us all. It was just hard because all four of us had the personalities needed to make any friend group the most fun one, so we didn't need any extra. And not having friends or a social life sometimes made it hard to interact in group settings that didn't involve us. Because I was the oldest, I left high school first, and let me tell you, college was so scary for me because I didn't bother to have any other friends but my siblings, and when I moved so far away from them, I found it very hard to adjust. However, I found a way to adapt, which was smoking weed. It helps me get over some of my social anxiety, enough to attend class and ask questions and all of that, but I never really did anything else but hang out by myself. My roommate and I didn't speak to each other at the time because she didn't seem like the kind of person I would find interesting until she found out that I smoked. After that, we became inseparable and she offered to take me out to socialize. I refused for a couple of weeks, but she convinced me soon enough and I went with her. Her scene was mostly hanging out with other stoners, so it was pretty chill with low music and a lot of food. I'm now a 27 year old woman, but at the time I had just turned 18. It was at this hangout that I met my ex, Mark. I had smoked something exotic and it sent me spiraling into a panic attack. Mark was a total stranger at the time, but he walked over to me and helped me through it. We talked through the night and my first impression of him was really good. He was charming, funny, and seemed like the most perfectly decent guy. I didn't have a lot of experience with dating, but I felt safe with him. Before long, we became close friends, studying together and doing a lot of things together. I didn't notice this early on, but Mark liked me secluded. He tried to distance me from new friends I would make, and even when my little sister joined me at the same college and I was trying to show her the ropes, he tried to pull us apart. I interpreted it as a positive thing and quite honestly I liked how it felt. Mark graduated a year before me, and even though we weren't dating at the time, after he got his first adult job, he would shower me with gifts. His graduation gift to me was a hundred roses, a promise ring, and an elaborate dinner where he asked me to be his girlfriend and move in with him. 
This was the most romantic thing to ever happen to me, so of course I said yes. Most of my friends said not to because it was too soon, but I was convinced that I'd known him for so long that nothing could go wrong. He was basically my best friend. Mark was convinced that my friends were jealous and he showed it a lot, buying me things and being so perfect while I tried to settle into a job. Life with Mark was great. Hooking up was even better. I felt lucky. Until one day, I didn't want to hook up because I was too tired from work and drained from fighting with my siblings about never visiting. He claimed to understand, but things were never the same after we went to bed. Things rapidly started to change. Mark became possessive and jealous, going through my phone and accusing me of cheating on him with everyone he came across. It was like a light went off in his head. I thought it was an elaborate prank and I tried to make it up to him, but he just rejected all of my advances. And the day I got mad enough to speak up, he slapped me so hard I got dizzy and my ears rang. Before I knew it, I was trapped in an abusive relationship. Mark would hit me, insult me, and belittle me in front of our friends, who were basically his friends, and up until he started being abusive, I didn't realize how much of a jerk they were. He tried his hardest to control every aspect of my life, from what I wore to who I spoke to, which included my family. I don't know how he did it, but whenever I called or texted anyone that wasn't among his approved list of people that he said were okay to speak to, I got beaten up so bad that I would miss work for a couple of days. Eventually I missed enough days to get laid off and I started getting locked at home. In all of this, I was still in a daze, feeling confused, trapped and alone. I didn't know how my life switched from perfect to this, and I'd never really experienced any of this firsthand so I didn't even know how to deal with it. But one day, I found the courage and a carelessly kept key, so I packed my bags and left, taking a bus to the farthest part of town without telling anyone where I was going. I was so scared, but I knew that I couldn't stay with Mark any longer and neither could I stay in the city. I did a few things that I'm not proud of, but I was able to get enough money in a short amount of time and move to a city just three hours away. After I left, I started to rebuild my life. I got a job, made new friends, and kept my family in the loop. It took almost three years of therapy for me to just sleep well at night, but I managed to do it. Even though I'd been out of the relationship for almost four years and had been active in therapy for nearly the same time, I couldn't shake the anger and resentment I felt towards Mark. I wanted revenge. I wanted him to suffer the way he had made me suffer, and so I started to plan. Now, therapy had made me a little less gullible than I was, and although I was able to forgive myself for being so stupid, I was never able to forgive Mark. In all this time, I'd grown my hair out and was consistently dyeing it red, swapped out my glasses for laser eye surgery, and added some weight. While the difference wasn't staggering, I knew that I looked much better than I did when I was with Mark. I knew that Mark had a weakness in alcohol, so I decided to use that to my advantage. I started going to the same bars that he frequented and would buy him drinks, pretending to be a stranger who was interested in him. I don't know how he didn't figure out who I was, but he didn't. I gave him a fake name, listened to everything he said, and made him believe that I was there for him. Timing truly is everything because it didn't take long for Mark to fall for my trap. He had been going through a very tough time, and I was there for him to depend on. We started dating again, and soon enough we were back in a relationship, but this time, I was in control. I allowed a brief honeymoon phase before gaslighting the living daylight out of him. I started to manipulate Mark, just like he had manipulated me. I would insult him, belittle him, and make him feel like he was worthless. 
The only thing I didn't do was hit him the way he hit me. But I didn't stop there. I wanted Mark to suffer the way he had made me suffer, and so I took some of his money that he was entrusted with from work, while knowing that he had just had issues of a similar nature, but cleared up his name. At first, Mark didn't understand what was happening. He was confused and scared, but when things started to get intense, I would calm down and reassure him that I only cared and wanted the very best for him. I still don't know how he was so gullible, but he always believed me. The few times he tried to fight with me and break free from my grasp, I cried until my voice was hoarse and I told him I was pregnant. I was always one step ahead, and even though I wasn't, I always found a way to keep him under my control. The very toxic relationship lasted for exactly three months and one day. I just decided to let him go, but before I did, I would further make sure he didn't have a lot of hope. I cut the buttons and collars off of all his shirts, the crotch area off of all of his work pants, and cut random holes in his random clothes. I then took away all his money that I saw lying around, diluted all his milk, orange juice, and alcohol, and poured bleach on his bed and black furniture. I left his door open and left in the middle of the day feeling very satisfied. I had gotten my revenge. I was content with myself. I had ruined Mark both physically and mentally, and he would never be the same again. Ruining his house was just extra cheese on top of the pizza of chaos that I'd been making. The whole thing was so funny because I know that when he came back to see his house trashed, he would look for me, but he would never find me because the name I'd given him was not my real name. I still had no idea if he really had no idea who I was or if he was just faking, but I didn't care to know. It made no difference because I'd paid him back for the way he did me. Looking back, I know what I did was wrong. I shouldn't have resorted to violence and abuse as a means of revenge. I should have sought help and support to deal with the trauma that I'd experienced, but at the time, I was consumed by anger and a desire to make sure my feelings were justified. I felt like I needed to take matters into my own hands and make Mark pay for what he had done to me. When I told my siblings and best friend, former college roommate, everything that had happened, I expected them to scold me for not taking the high road, but there was none of that. Instead, I got a hug. So considering everything that happened to OP, including the guy laying their hands physically on OP, was what OP did back to them justifiable? Or was it like way too far because it kind of feels that way? Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy crazy stories of revenge like this, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, I helped federal agents prosecute my dad, and he's in jail now. The most terrible thing that has ever happened to me is having a father like my dad. Any child would have felt unlucky to have ever even met or known him as a child, but having him as a father made me feel extremely unfortunate. I once read a book about how we pay for the evil we had done in our past life by meeting horrible people. I immediately believed that I must have done something very horrible in my past life to have a father like him. Even my stepbrother hated him, and he wasn't as mean to my stepbrother as he was to me. All my life, my father treated me like crap. I was his punching bag and the one he regularly transferred aggression on. My dad was my first bully. I lived in fear of him all my life. When I got the chance to put him away for a very long time, I took it without even thinking about it. That was my way of getting back at him for all the vile things he had done to me. To get more insight into my revenge, I'm going to tell a background story. My dad was raised by his father. His mom simply woke up one day and ghosted his dad. From what my mom told me, his dad was severely abusive and would hit her and him too. 
One day when he was younger, his dad woke him up to ask where his mom was. He didn't know what was going on, so he drowsily replied that he didn't. His dad hit him so much that he injured him on the neck with a cable wire. My dad has... One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That scar on his neck to this day. His dad thought my dad knew where his mom went and was trying to torture him into spilling. It turned out that his mom ran to protect herself and left her son behind. The neighbors invited the police when they saw that my dad had been badly injured by his dad but somehow his dad caught wind of it. He immediately packed a bag and left that part of town with my dad and didn't return to the town until he was a teenager. My dad hated his mom for leaving him behind. He never wanted to talk about her and the few times my mom brought her up, he hit her. The only times he talked about her was to curse her out for not taking him along with her. A woman ought to stay with her children, he would say. I guess his dad used to say that to him. Years after she left, his mom lawyered up and tried to take him away from his dad, but he refused to go with her. His dad had managed to paint his mom as the bad one, despite his abusive behavior toward my dad. His mom kept trying to have a relationship with him, but my dad would refuse to speak to her. She finally gave up and decided that he was a lost cause. She had children with her new man, and the children turned out quite okay and successful. That made my dad even more bitter at his mom. She tried again to have a relationship with him when he was a full adult, but he tried to strangle her. She cut him off totally after that happened. My dad eventually became the one who regularly beat up his dad. He would chase him out of the house and blatantly refuse to move out of his dad's house, even when he was a full-blown adult and his dad no longer wanted him around. My dad and my mom were neighbors. They started to date and my mom got pregnant with me. When she got pregnant, her mom was pissed. She knew my dad and had heard about his abusive behavior. She was disappointed in my mom for having that kind of relationship with him. My mom was, however, too blindly in love with my dad. She packed her bag and left her mom's house to live with my dad. As my maternal grandma had promised my mom, my dad began hitting her. Even when she was heavily pregnant with me, he would hit her. Many times the other neighbors and my maternal aunt would call the police, but when they came around, my mom would lie about what had happened and insist that my dad had not been hitting her. Soon after, my grandma passed away and that was a wake-up call for my mom. She and her sister sold their mother's house and moved to a new place. I grew up with my mom and aunt, two sisters and single mothers. I grew up with my mom and aunt, two sisters and single mothers who decided to move in together to manage resources and watch over each other's children. When I was about six, my mom had twin boys from her new man. While my mom also had a turbulent relationship with their father, he loved his boys very much. 
He would pick them up on weekends and have them go camping and on road trips. I felt horrible watching my half-brothers have so much fun with their dad because my dad was simply horrible. I hated being around him. He hardly came around anyway, even though he lived some streets away from where I lived with my aunt, mom, half-brothers, and cousins. When I was 13, my mom died after she was diagnosed with a terminal illness. We didn't see it coming at all. The doctor had promised us that she would be alright and we believed him. That month, my half-brother's dad came for them. They went to live with their dad and his wife, who had just had a baby at the time. I stayed with my aunt and cousins, but my dad soon came for me. My aunt, knowing all about his abusive behavior, resisted at first, but she had to let me go. My dad was threatening to get her arrested and she didn't want any trouble at her job. I was hopeful that my dad's house would be fun, but I knew the minute I walked in that my life was about to become very miserable. I had secretly wanted my dad to take me because I'd wondered about him for a while. I wondered why he didn't like me, why he hardly ever visited me, and why when he did visit, he looked at me like I was the most irritating thing to have ever walked the earth. I had hoped that by moving in with him, he and I would have a better relationship. First of all, the way things were done at my dad's was totally different from how we did things at my mom's and aunt's. At my dad's, the house was always silent, as silent as a graveyard. My dad has a stepson who was about just my age and a daughter with his wife. Everyone in the house was terrified of him, including his wife and my stepmother. He hit all of us, but my stepmom and I got the largest share of his aggression. He would hit us over the smallest things and apologize later in the night. Sometimes he didn't even apologize. At some point, I got so frustrated with my situation. When I lived with my aunt and mom, they never hit us except when we were much younger and would get a spanking for being naughty. My stepbrother and stepmother tolerated my dad's behavior. They hated him, but they tolerated his behavior. It surprised me because even though my mom had told me stories of how abusive my dad was, I don't have any vivid memories of that happening. My mom and aunt didn't even tolerate my cousins and me hitting each other during a fight. One day, I didn't go home after school. I went to my aunt's. While they were happy to see me, my aunt kept asking when I would leave. She knew if my dad noticed that I wasn't home, her house would be the first place he would come to. When she asked me how I liked living with my dad, I couldn't hold back the tears. She understood what was going on because she hugged me immediately. She used to be my dad's neighbor anyway, so she knew the kind of person he was. Can I please move back in with you? I asked, still in tears. My aunt hugged me and shook her head. I'm afraid you can't, honey. She led me to the small garden behind the house and said, Your dad knows some powerful bad people. People who could hurt us real bad. We don't want to mess with him. I left her house that day feeling horrible. I wish my mom were alive. She would have never have let me live with my dad. I still remember the feeling of sadness that engulfed me when I returned to my dad's. My stepmother tried to crack a joke because she noticed my foul mood, but that didn't help. I tried to think about why my aunt was so terrified of my dad. My stepmother was scared of him too. Even the kids in the neighborhood avoided me because of my dad. They never outrightly showed that they didn't want to be friends with me, but I could tell that they didn't want trouble. Even the grown-ups, like my aunt, were terrified of him. I used to think it was because they knew my dad was abusive and would hit me, but as I grew, I figured out why everyone was so terrified of my dad. He was a drug dealer and worked for a dangerous drug dealing syndicate. 
My dad didn't go around telling people what he did. It was certainly a secret, but it was an open one. I only started understanding what my dad does when I was about 14. I'd always wondered about what he did. People in school would describe their dads as plumbers, teachers, and all that, but I could never explain what my dad did. As time went by, my dad's abusive behavior did not stop. One day he hit my stepmother so much that she had a miscarriage. We were all surprised because we didn't even know she was pregnant. My dad was arrested at the hospital because the doctor called the cops on him. Unlike before, my stepmother admitted to the doctor that my dad had hit her. She used to lie and pretend that my dad didn't in the past. Just like my mom lied to protect my dad, my stepmother lied too. She would tell stories of how she fell while climbing up or down the stairs, how she hit her head on a wall, and many other lies to explain the bruises away. At some point, the other teachers in the school where she worked were very concerned about her well-being and started asking her questions. My dad made her quit and cut off her friends from school. My dad was arrested, but my stepmom refused to press charges. The state was willing to prosecute on her behalf, but she told them she would not testify, and my dad was released. For two months, my stepmother moved out to live with her mother. It was just my dad and me in the house. He was very busy during that period, so I hardly saw him anyway. Surprisingly, my stepmother walked in one day with my stepbrother and half-sister. I had thought and hoped that she'd finally left him. For a few months, there was no violence from my dad. He still barked at us, but he never hit us. He has truly changed, my stepmother said to me and my stepbrother one day. I knew he had not changed. He still yelled at her and us kids at the slightest provocation. The hitting reduced as time passed because my dad started to travel a lot. He barely had time to hit us anymore, but when he came around, he would slap and shove us. I was out on my bike one day when a woman stopped to talk to me. She looked like someone I should not be talking to. I just suspected that she was a cop or something of the sort. She wanted to talk to me about my dad, but I refused to make any comment. She handed me her card and asked me to call her if I changed my mind. My dad may have been a terrible person, but I wasn't going to snitch on him. Well, not until he returned that weekend. My stepmother had gone to the salon, and he was mad that he didn't meet her in the house. He kept fuming and yelling. When she returned, the fear was visible in her eyes. He asked her where she had been, and she told him she went to get her hair done. He started to hit her and accuse her of cheating on him, even though it was obvious that she had gone to fix her hair. Her hair was new and shiny from all the processing. He was hitting and pulling at her hair. I couldn't take it anymore, so I pushed him off her. He turned to me and punched me in my left eye. Before I could gain composure, he picked up a small wooden table and hit me with it. The next time I opened my eyes, I was in a bed at the clinic close to our house. The doctor said I was fine and had not sustained any internal injuries. My stepmother was seated beside me, rubbing my arms soothingly. I wanted to tell her that it hurts, but I fell asleep again. When I returned home, the first thing I did was call the woman who gave me her card. I had had enough of my dad and his abuse. I just wanted to get back at him. At that time, my stepbrother had run away from the house to live by himself, even though he was just 16. For a month, I met this woman, regularly giving her information about my dad. My dad was working for a bigger fish who was their actual target and they wanted to get to him through my dad. Not long after they had collected enough evidence, they got a warrant and arrested my dad. 
He refused to rat out the person he was working for, and I knew that was what would happen. My dad would never snitch. He had no choice anyway. His life would be in danger if he did, and accepted a deal from the federal agents. They prosecuted him and he went to jail. My stepmother took that as her cue to leave. She took her daughter and fled town while I went back to live with my aunt. I lived with my aunt for a year before leaving to be on my own. I just would have liked to see OP do this even sooner, to be honest. I mean, I know you don't want to be a snitch, but that guy had been an awful person and I would hardly even call that a father. He deserved to be locked up and removed from that situation a long time ago. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.